Let's just go to the Lord in prayer this evening. Father, God, how we love you, Lord, so much, Lord. You, you mean so very much to us, Lord, as your children, Father. We can't imagine life without this message, Lord. It's, Lord, we're too far down the road, Father, Lord Jesus, to, to look back or to turn away, Father. We, we've been birthed under this word, Father. Lord, we're so thankful to recognize the call of God in our life, Lord, to, to be a part of this plan that you have predestined before time began. And we know that you have thoughts towards us, of thoughts of peace, Lord Jesus, and not of evil. And you're not going to leave us in this chaotic world of, uh, of this age that we're living in. But, Lord, you have so recognized us, Lord Jesus, that you called our name. Lord, you've made it so personal, Father, that we couldn't mistake it, Lord. And Lord, we just want to come and shelter under the wings of the Most High just now, Lord. And Lord, to pull upon the Word of God. And Lord, and just may you come and inhabit your people today, Father, meeting their needs and touching their lives, Father. Lord, only you could do that, Lord Jesus. Lord, we're your children, we're your servants, Father, and we commit our life unto you, Lord. And we commit this service into your hands, Lord, for the glory of God, that, that you would just come and bless your people, Lord, like never before. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint our pastor, Lord, there in North Carolina tonight, speaking even now. I pray that you'd use him mightily, Father. Lord, while the preaching of the word is going forth, I ask that you would heal his body. And Lord, use him in a very special way in that meeting. But Father, we want to be mindful that there's needs that are amongst us, Lord Jesus. Sister, Sister Mary Ellen, they are in the hospital, Lord. And Lord, I pray a special touch, Lord. And we're so thankful, Lord, that what you have done and how that she's returning back to herself, Lord, and feeling better. Lord, we're certainly thankful for that. But Lord, I pray, God, that you would remove the curse of the enemy off of her life. I pray, Lord, that you would just come tonight and you administer to each and every one of us, Lord, even myself, Lord. I have needs, Lord. I have desires. And Lord, we just want to sit under your word and may we just sit like the little children when you would gather them around you and you would teach them the word of truth. Lord, I pray that we would just have the ability tonight to be able to call upon you, Lord, and draw you close to us, Lord, like never before. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 If you have your Bibles this evening, we'd like to look over in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6 and verse 10. Might tell Brother Matthew, might just have to have that lapel on hand just in case here. You can try to make all kinds of preparations to prepare for meetings, and it seems like the enemy likes to get into the details of things. And, and uh, I pray the Lord anoints his microphone tonight. talking about me amen Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 I'd like to speak to you tonight on recognizing your enemy recognizing your enemy Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, all, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. May God bless his word. You may be seated. So I said we'd like to speak to you this evening on recognizing recognizing your enemy. And we realize that as, as children of God and followers of the message, we recognize that we are in the midst of Satan's Eden. And we, we realize that, that there we've had a prophet come and stand, stand and preach to us and de- declare to us that we are, not in, we are not in the Garden of Eden, but here we are in Satan's Eden in the worst of all times, in the darkest of all ages. And Satan has had over 6,000 years of setting up and bringing about this, bringing about this Eden. And Brother Branham would, would tell us when he comes, and if you're very familiar uh, with that message, Satan's Eden, you're, you're reminded that Brother Branham, when he was standing there, it's, it's a very dynamic meeting or, or message that you'll listen to, and I, I trust you're, you're familiar with, the, with that text, that Brother Branham said, he said, I thought that I would bring something to your mind or, or something that would enlighten you to know, to know and to make you a better soldier in the field that you're fighting in, to learn, to learn the tactics of the enemy and I love that 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 he brought us something that would make us better soldiers in this field not in the field of Luther or in the field of Wesley or the other garners but to stand in this field to give us to learn the tactics of the enemy so that you can block everything before it gets to you he said that's the main thing is to learn to keep the punches off of you as much as you can he said that's the main thing is to learn to keep the punches off of you as much as you can. If there ever was a day that we we ought to be standing and trying to keep the punches off of us, it's this day because we are under attack like never before as sons and daughters of God. Everything that we stand for and everything that we represent that is true and holy, we stand against an enemy and he is trying. He's not just he's not just standing in the ring and not, not throwing any darts at us. He's not just standing there and standing back and watching how we handle, but he's attacking us day in and day out, time in and time out, trying to attack us in our flesh and afflict us in our mind and afflict us in our soul but we recognize that that here we are in Satan's Eden and we can look back in the very beginning at the Garden of Eden and we can recognize that, that, that Eve was deceived into it and she didn't willfully walk out there but she was deceived into it and she turned down the very word of God and to think that tonight, to put it in your mind that here they were, they were in the very
very fortress of the word of God. They were back behind as what to put it into our children's mind that they were behind as you were called a fortress or a great castle. And there they were. They were behind that very word and they were, they were, they were safe behind that word. But when, when she stepped out behind that wall of the word, then the enemy was able to attach her, attack her and to get to her mind and to bring her over into a reasoning powers. And he made her deny all of the word of God by just telling her just taking away one word. You see what he was doing, he was out there on the outside of that wall and he was trying to get her to come out there with him. You see, as long as you're behind that word, he can't get to you. You see, all of his thought that he's throwing at you is things, is things that are close to the word of God. They're so close that it would deceive the elect if it was possible living right here in this hour. And he's speaking those lies. He doesn't come out and tell you that the Bible's a lie, but he comes in there and he's very slick how he does things. He'll make you think that it's so right or so close that sure we're right here in this and it's, it's gotta be correct. But we recognize that we are in a spiritual warfare and the enemy is after each and every one of us. He's after our families. He's, he's after us. But we recognize that the Bible tells us that the word is our wall of defense. You recognize that the Bible said in Zechariah 2 and 5 that I saith the Lord, I will be unto her a wall of fire round about and will be the glory in the midst of her. So we can never allow our guard to get down. And what we've got to always, as Peter would say in Peter, 1 Peter 5 and 8, to be sober and to be vigilant. So because we recognize that there is an enemy, there is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's going about trying even right now in this service to even hinder every little thing. But here we are. We've got to be alert. We've got to be vigilant because the enemy is wanting to breach the walls of the word. So let me say this to you. This is not another message. This is the message. It is a restoration of the very truth of God and Christ is our wall of fire and Eve denied the very word of God. She walked away from the very word of God because she got out on the outside of that wall. But if you can stand where Christ is, if you can stand where the word is, you, you'll recognize that Christ is our wall of fire. But we're not like that Eve of the last day. You and I are anointed by accepting what Eve turned down. And to think the power that the bride of Jesus Christ has is she's not just standing there as another lady, but she's anointed. She's anointed to handle the word. It was, it was the wife, it was Eve that got us into this trouble. It was by her mouth walking out there that got her into trouble and it'll be our mouth that gets us out of trouble. It's gonna be somebody that'll take the word of God and put it upon their lips. The word of God never failed in the mouths of those early believers. They stood there toe to toe with the enemy and they put the word of God on their lips. And we recognize that Brother Branham said in the God of this evil age, he said, that we find now that this evil age is to prove to Satan, to prove to Satan that she is not like Eve, that she is not at that type of a woman. He said she will be tried by his word. The bride as Adam's bride was tried to buy the word. Adam's bride believed every bit of the word but confused on one promise. He said that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You think that he, that's the theme of this message as he's the same yesterday, today, and forever and Satan come in there and slicked his way under that wall and he took her down on this one point that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
He said, under the temptation of the enemy, he said she failed on one promise under the temptation of the enemy face to face, recognize the battle is face to face, and now the people that's called for his name, of course, is his bride. She's to come into contact again by the same thing, not just by some denominational truth, he said, or something, he said, but by every word of God. And we recognize that, that, that the enemy that we're facing is a real devil. I'd say that every one of us can witness tonight by uplifting hand that you ran into the devil in some way in your life. Maybe he gave you a bad thought. Maybe he gave you a thought that you weren't elected. Maybe he gave you a thought that, that you're gonna die with this certain disease or maybe he gave you this thought that you're not good enough. Each and every one of you have fought the devil in some form and when you can recognize what the devil is, recognize who he is and what he does and how he acts, then you can have overcoming power when you begin to recognize who the enemy is. The enemy's not your brother. The enemy's not your sister that is sitting here, but it's the enemy that's sitting there. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing that Jesus would stand there. He said that in the last days there'll be false prophets that'll come in there. He said they'll be wearing, they'll be wearing sheep's clothing. They're, they're, they're inwardly a wolf on the inside of them. Paul would say after my departure that there would be wolves that would come in there and they would try to spare. They wouldn't spare the flock of God. But 1 John 4 and 1 says, Beloved, try the spirits, whether they be of God or of not. This is how you try the spirits. You give them a word test. It doesn't matter what it is. You give them a word test, and if they can't accomplish 100% of it, that spirit by the word of God, you'll know that it is a spirit of the Antichrist. You see, Satan don't want you recognizing who he is, and he doesn't, rec he doesn't want you recognizing how he's moving. He's, because if you recognize who he is and how he moves, how he attacks, you will be giving, you'll be getting that power on the inside of you. You'll get a power on the inside of you to deny every, every tactic of the devil. He will come to you with one key, unbelief. Unbelief is the only sin that is sin is unbelief. It's not smoking, it's not drinking, it's not alcohol, it's not all of these different things, but unbelief is sin. Those things are the attributes of sin. Those are the things that take you down that road. But you remember that wherever, ever, wherever Jesus is, Satan is very close. Everywhere Jesus was at, Judas was real close. Everywhere, everywhere Cain was, or everywhere Abel was, Cain was there. And because of a jealous spirit, they came upon him. He killed his brother because it showed that he couldn't handle the word truth. Because Abel had a revelation, and there Cain had an opportunity to follow after what Abel did. But because he was of that wicked one, he could not follow the path of revelation. Let me, let me just drop back and follow. Let me follow some of the message right here. If you can't come and line up with every word of God, it'll show who your daddy is. But if you can line your life up with the very word of God, it'll show where you came from. It'll show where you're going. The enemy ain't too excited about when you just shout. 
He ain't just excited about when you lift your hand. He's not just excited. He doesn't even move out of his bed when somebody gets excited or dances or shouts, even speaks in tongues. But he gets excited and rolls over in his bed when somebody starts taking the very word of God as for their truth, as for their life. And they start stomping down devils and start stomping down kids, cancer and stomping down diseases. That's when he rolls out of his bed when he recognizes that his props are about to get knocked out from underneath of him. I say all hell better watch out. There's a church of the living God that knows where she's standing at. Satan, be careful. We've recognized your tricks. We've recognized your lies and we will not stand for it. We will not back off of God's promises. Hallelujah. Brother Branham would tell us, knowing, being a, being a professional boxer, he would tell us in the contest, he said, you got to have a sparring partner that can, that, that can take you to an edge, that can take you to an edge that can hit you, hit you like an enemy, hit you like the guy that you're going to get boxing in the ring with. And when you're, when you're dancing out there with that sparring partner, you're dancing out there, you're not just standing out there watching what he's doing. He said, but he said you're training to hit the enemy. You see, it's not just good enough to get into the ring of the message. It's not just good enough to stand in the corner and know that Jesus is over there. It's not just good enough to dance around with the enemy. You've got to take what you have been given, and you've got to hit the devil. You've got to take what you've been given, and you've been trained under this. You've been sitting here all of these years listening to message after message. You are a well-trained body of Jesus Christ. It ain't good enough for you just to sit back and, well, I listened to one message this week or I, I prayed one time this week. You got to train to hit the enemy. You got to take what you've been given and say, devil, I'm not going to let you stand there and hit me. I'm going to hit you back with every power that I've got. I ain't got much, but what I got, I'm going to tear Satan's kingdom down. Well, recognize we have battle after battle. You come out of one, you're getting ready to go into another one. Constantly on a roller coaster of battles, it'll make you recognize that you're in a war. And just because you get knocked down or maybe you lose a battle here or there doesn't mean that you lost the war. Because I got a great big general that is here to make sure that you don't lose this war. Matter of fact, let me tell you, there ain't no way you can lose. With the God that's on your side and the God that's fighting your battles, there's no way in hell that you can lose. There ain't one devil lined up throughout all of hell that could stand up against the church of the living God. That's why I said there ain't no way in hell. Hell's trying to devise every tactic, every plan. There ain't no way in hell that you can stand and lose. Hallelujah. But there is all the way in heaven, a way prepared for the people. And Jesus said, I am that way. I am that truth. I am that life. You are the embodiment of this truth. 
It ain't just it ain't just sitting on Bibles. You you've heard me say it before. It ain't just about sitting on the Bible. It ain't just about having the books lined up on your shelves, having the pictures on your wall. You can have Hoffman's Hit of Christ recognized throughout your whole entire house. But if you ain't got the life of this word living on the inside of you, you can know every word of it but not have the life. Because it is the word, the word, the letter killeth, but the spirit that gives life. Is that right? So we recognize that there's a people in the land again today that are under their messenger that will be the final voice to the final age and they are the embodiment of that truth and there is an enemy that is trying to thwart your position. So let me, let me, let me just drop this right here. Satan is not afraid of you as a person. He's not afraid of your flesh. He, he, matter of fact, he's got rights to touch your flesh. He's got rights to get in your mind because that's where the battle's at. Because you see, in the flesh, you're subject to him. He'll make you sick and you'll get healed and you'll get sick again. You're subject to him. In the flesh, as, as a mere man, you become subject to the devil and try. he makes you sick, he makes you afflicted, and he torments your mind. But as a son of God, as a, as a man, Satan will whip you every which way. But as a son of God, you are not a slave to Satan. But Satan is your slave. He has to obey what you say. When you say leave, he's got to leave. When you cast him out, he's got to go. When you say bow down, thou old slew foot, he's got to bow down to the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not his slave, but I'm going to make him a slave every day of my life. He ain't got some pitchfork in his hand. He ain't got some long tail except for the tail that comes out of his mouth. That's the tale of how he deceived all of the angels there that was in heaven. It was a tail, Brother Branham said. It was a tail that came out of his mouth. But you gotta recognize him real. Brother Branham would say, he said, he said it's not the farmer with them old hillbilly, with them old hillbilly. Help me out, Brother Josh. Suspenders. What is it, bibs? Suspender bibs. He said it's not the farmer that's got them bibs on out there, them suspenders out there that's working out in the field, that old farmer. He said that's not the guy that you gotta worry about your wife. He said that's all slicker. He's the guy that you gotta watch around your wife. Oh, come on, somebody. Now, I'd say probably nowadays you got some farmers that are trying to slick them ways into certain things. But let me say this. It's the enemy. It's the enemy that tries to slick his way in and try to give you a religion that is so close. Well, they serve God down there on the street. They raise their hands just like they do down here. They worship God just like they worship down there. They say Jesus' name when they baptize. They see this, that, or the other. But they're missing one word. And he slicked his way in. And he's tried to bring his cold, formal ideas right into the message. And tell you that if you, if you love God, you can do anything you want to. You better watch out. You're dealing with the devil. Is that right? And my own basis tonight, am I right on point? It's the enemy that wants to come in and offer you, well, let's just worship and we don't need the preaching of the word. That's a devil that you're dealing with. 
Well, there's a devil that likes to walk around the message and said, well, the days of miracles is gone by. Prayer lines are gone by. Healings are gone by. That's a devil that you're dealing with. You have just recognized that there is an enemy in your camp. And the only way to get that enemy out the camp is to take the word of God to him. When the Bible tells us in Revelations 12 that there was war in heaven. Verse 7, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought with his angels. So we recognize that there's opposition between Michael and his angels and the dragon and his angels. And Brother Branham said in the greatest battle ever fought, he said this great battle that, that, that was ever fought began in heaven. When Michael and his angels fought against Lucifer and his angels, it first started, the first battle was in heaven. So sin did not originate on earth, it originated in heaven. He said, and then it was thrown down from heaven, cast out of heaven to the earth, and fell on human beings. He said, then the battle, the battle from angels become human battles. And Satan come to destroy God's creation, what God had created to be for himself. He had Satan come to destroy this. He said that's what his purpose was, was to destroy it. He said, and then the battle began here on earth and began in us and has been raging ever since. And you'll remember, that's right in line with Ephesians chapter six, that we're not warring against flesh and blood, but we're warring against principalities and powers and rulers of high places in darkness. But if you'll read Revelations 12 and eight, it says, and they prevailed not, neither was their place. The dragon and his angels, their place was found anymore in heaven. That ought to make you shout right there. The place where you're going, there ain't no devil there. There ain't no beast there. There ain't no liars there. There ain't no tormenting spirits there. Their place was not found in heaven. But if you can read over in Revelations 19, you'll find your place there. You'll watch where the word of God came out of, the, out of the one that was riding on that horse. You'll watch where it came out of. It came out of his mouth. What came down in the prophet's hand in this day? The king's sword. The king's sword came down in this. What is the third pole? It's the opening of the word. And when a people start lining up, with what the word said, what the word calls for us to do. You may not commit, you may not create squirrels, you may not create life in a little fishy, but there'll be somebody that'll rise up and take this third pole right onto the coming of the Lord and live and overcome in life. I don't care if I create a squirrel, I don't care if I cast out a tumor, I don't care if I speak to a storm, let me live a life. Let me live a life, Lord Jesus. Take this third pole and live the life of Jesus Christ so close that he can't leave me here. Oh. Well, Brother Adams will tell us in the greatest battle ever fought, young people, if you ain't listened to it, go listen to it, study it. It'll help you get through your, your Christian walk as a young person greatly. He said, but he said in any battle, he said, there's got to be a choosing place. 
He said in World War One, World War Two, he said they chose that no man's land and they went out there and fought on it. He said, but God had chose the heart. He said, but Satan chose the mind. He said, and that's where the battle begins. He doesn't say that's where it ends at. He said that's where it, it that's where it begins at. You see, he's wanting, he's wanting to start in your mind and war with you in your flesh and give you worry, and worry causes cancer. He starts in your mind and moves his way down into the body. What is he trying to do? He's trying to steal the house that you were built to be, the house of God. He starts in the mind and he rolls in there with temptations of the mind. He rolls in there with all kinds of complexes and stigmas and people talking about you and people saying all kinds of things about you and he tries to roll in there and tries to give you a disease of spiritual amnesia. He tries to roll in there and give you all kinds of ideas to make you not believe that this is the truth. That's where it begins at. But I love what Paul would say in the letter to the Philippians in 4 and 8. He said, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are just, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, to think on these things. There ain't one thing just about the devil. There ain't one thing holy about the devil. There ain't one thing pure about the devil. But there is something honest and pure and lovely and great. There is virtue in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Satan don't want you thinking about what God did for you. He don't want you thinking how God loved you. He don't want you thinking about how he saved you, how he picked you up out of the miry clay. He don't want you thinking about praising him and glorifying him for reaching down his hands and picking you up. He don't want you thinking about that. He Because you recognize, when you start recognizing the God that's on your side, you'll start recognizing the devil that's against you. Oh, if there's going to be something we're going to think on, let's think on the Word of God. It's the only thing of rest. It's the only place of security in this hour is to rest in the very Word of God. You see, you see, the further and further that you get away from Satan's reach, the more he recognizes that you are a real son and daughter of God. He got you close to the walls one time. He tried to bring you out there with some kind of lie. He tried to bring you out there with some kind of dirty website and all kinds of de deadly things. He tried to bring you out there close to the wall, but there was somebody on the inside. Say, get back on in here. You're not safe out there. You're not safe out there in Laodicea. Young people, you're not safe on those phones. You're not safe on those websites. You're not safe on social media. Get back in here. You're my children. You get back in here. That's why he's got preachers that stand up in the pulpit today and preach the truth, saying, get back in line. Get back away from the walls so the enemy can't touch you. There's going to be somebody that'll listen to the voice of resurrection. They won't stand near the wall just so close that they can get by. They'll get back in there so close to God. That Satan can't touch a hair on his head until he gets permission from my father. Oh, my. Reminded when Daniel 
Daniel chapter 10, I ain't going to read it to you all tonight. It'd take too long and I ain't got enough time to read it to you. But the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 10 that you'll find that there Daniel there he was in Persia, there with Cyrus the king, and there he was. And he, the Bible said that Daniel was mourning for three weeks because of the things that he was seeing and the things that was going on. Daniel was mourning all of those days. But there Daniel was praying. Daniel was praying those 20 and one days. Daniel began to pray. You recognize that what you're facing tonight is the very prince of Persia that is the prince of the power of the air that is trying to stop you from getting to a heavenly atmosphere. Is that right? He's trying to stop your prayers. He's trying to stop your breakthrough. He's trying to stop you from getting all the way to God. He's trying with everything that was in his might. But the Bible tells us that Daniel began to pray. He prayed on one day. He prayed on the second day. He prayed all the way through the first week, but still there wasn't no answer. He prayed through the second week, and there still wasn't no answer. But Daniel was a man that had purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's land and the king's meat. But Daniel stayed there. You're going to face some devils. You're going to face some times in your life when there's storms over you and it looks like all of heaven is shut off. But that ain't time to give up. That's a time to keep praying. That's a time to stand there like Daniel and said, Satan, you can stop me all. You can try to stop me all you want to, but I'm gonna keep on praying. There's power in your prayer. And you think, well, I've done prayed this thing one time and I done prayed it. I done prayed it over my children. I done prayed it over my family. I done prayed it over my pastor. I've done prayed this. What's the purpose in praying it? Pray. Pray like you'd never prayed before. And pray and recognize you're not talking to some weak God. You're talking to the God of heaven. When you're bowing on your knees, you're not talking to some weak angel. You're talking to a mighty angel. When you're praying, I want you to know there's so much power in a believer's prayer that Hezekiah prayed one time and he shut down all of the Assyrians and one angel came and smote 185,000 Assyrians. Hezekiah knew how to pray. He prayed one time when the prophet came to him and said, make yourself ready, you're about to die. But Hezekiah, knowing how to pray, turned his face towards the wall and began to weep and call out to God. Brother Branham said he asked for 15 more years and God heard his prayer. I want you to know your prayer changes the very mind of God. There the prophet walked in and told him, get ready to die. And then the prophet, before he ever got out the city, said, let's go back up there and talk to Hezekiah. And you've been sitting here saying, I've said this same prayer over and over and over again. Let me give you the example, Daniel. Daniel prayed for 21 days. And when the angel showed up, he said, I am come for thy words. He didn't come for Shadrach's words there. He didn't come for Meshach's words there. He didn't come for Abednego's words there. Daniel was the one in the fight. You're the one in the fight. 
You're the one that's got to pray. You're the one that's got to call on God. God, if you're still God, let your power show and vindicate that you can still save the lost. You can still heal the body. And the angel said, the prince of Persia, he withstood me these 21 days. But Michael, but Michael came and helped me. I want you to know Christ is coming to your situation to help you out of your midst of trouble. Michael, which is Christ in angelic form, is showing up because of your prayers, because of your commitment to God. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back off my prayer life. I'm not going to back off my praise. I'm not going to back off my worship. It's an enemy that's trying to stop that. But Daniel kept praying. It's the same thing with those two women that came into that meeting. They came there, one with a stomach trouble, one with the gorder, and six weeks later, the angel passed through the neighborhood when the one's daughter said, Mama, you're bringing a reproach against Christianity. But she said, I'm healed by his stripes. It was the same thing and the same commitment that Daniel had. And one day she was there and said, hey, my little children have left some oatmeal here. It just tears my belly up. But I'm gonna eat this in the name of Jesus Christ. And before long, she moved over to the next course. And before long, she ran down the hall, ran down the avenue and said, hey, I've been eating all morning. She said, I'm here shaking the sheets, trying to find this gorder. It was because somebody refused to give in and refused to give up. What is Satan wanting you to do? He's wanting you to surrender your rights as a Christian to him. He's wanting to make you think that you're not strong enough. That you're not a bit, you don't have the ability to win this. The enemy just wants you to roll over and give up. If that's you, stop playing possum because I know you ain't dead. Is that right? You see, some Christians, they get that possum idea about them. Whenever the enemy comes close, they get in the headlights and they just roll over and act dead. Oh, don't let him see me. He's close. I can feel him. His own nasty breath breathing down on me. And you roll over. Why don't you roll back over and bite him? Just start gnawing at that devil. So back up. I ain't some dead possum. I ain't some dead church of Christ. I ain't some dead Methodist. I'm the church of the living God. Let me move on. This is the hour of the overcomer. Brother Bram said that overcome means to recognize the devil in every one of its tricks. To recognize the devil in every one of his tricks. He said a lot of people says there is no devil. It's just a thought. Don't you believe that? There's a real devil. He's just as real as you or anybody. A real devil. And you must recognize him real. You must know he's a devil. Then the same time that you recognize him and know that he's a devil and he's against you, then to overcome, you must recognize 
that the God in you is greater and mightier than he is, that the one that's in you has already overcame him, and by his grace, by his grace, by his grace, <laughs> hallelujah, by his grace, that'll make, that'll make a clip for somebody. Go ahead, make fun of me. As long as you're making fun of me, you're leaving somebody else alone. And by his grace, you are more than a match for him. Amen. There's a real overcoming when you recognize. He said, you look back and you say, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. He said, then you're defeated. He said, but there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. He said, then you realize that you've overcome and you know that he's a devil. Now watch this. He said, you can't say I got a sickness. I don't believe it is a sickness. Oh, yes, it is a sickness. You got cancer. Oh, you don't, you don't believe it is a cancer. He said, it is a cancer. It is a cancer. But remember, if we're going to remember one thing. This is what we got to remember. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You must realize that the Holy Spirit that's in you has already overcome this thing and he's in you and you can overcome by him. This is the hour of the overcomer and it's recognizing the devil in every one of his tricks but it's realizing that the God that's on the inside of you let me tell you, there ain't no problem that's too big that's bigger than my Jesus. You can line up every problem that you got in this building tonight and it still ain't bigger than Jesus. Let me say this to you, that the house that you're living in is not single occupancy. Anybody catching my drift tonight? The house that you're living in is not single occupancy, but it is a dual, a dual dwelling place. Hey, somebody, hey, somebody, they might, there might be times in your life when you're weak and you're frail, and there may be times in your life when you feel stronger than others, but there's a guy that's living on the inside of the house with you. He ain't never weak. He ain't never gave up. He ain't never lost a battle. The guy that's living on the inside of this house, it's greater as he that is in me than he that's in the world. If you're sealed until the day of your redemption, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what emotion you feel. It doesn't matter whether you feel right or how you're Lord doing all kinds of things and it feels like you're not a Christian no more and Satan's pouring everything on you to make you think that you're not living right. But if you're sealed until the day of your redemption, you can have mind battle after mind battle, war after war. But if you're sealed until the day of your redemption, You've already received the earnest, which is the down payment to get you out of this chaos. Hallelujah. You love the Lord. Brother Branham, he's, he's, dealing, with a, he's dealing with a patient. And he said, how did he do it, sir? He said, he said, now there's something strange about you, sir. He said, Satan has desired to take your life. He said, you're all tore up and you think you've sinned away your day of grace. You think your life is ruined. And then he asked him this simple but very powerful question. He said, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? 
Satan's trying to kill you. He's trying to make you think. He's trying to make you think that you send away the, your day of grace. But do you love Jesus? We got young people all around this message that Satan has lied on. That Satan's tried to steal and to kill and destroy by his lies. But do you love Jesus? I'm going to tell you something. There's something powerful about loving Jesus. It's about falling in love with him. If you fall in love with him, let me tell you, you might fall in love and out of love with people of the world and boyfriends and girlfriends, but if you really fall in love with Jesus, you can't fall out of love with him. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? What makes you love him? He said before there could ever be anything to there to make you love him, there has got to be a creator to create the love in your heart. Are you listening? Is that right? He said if you'd send away your day of grace, you would hate Jesus, but you love him. And you're all right. Hallelujah. And you're all right. And the devil's just lying to you. You're nervous, come here. And I'll cast him away for you. If you'll believe, do you believe it? Bow your head and keep your heads bowed, everyone, till you hear me say, raise up. He said, this is demonology. He said, almighty God, be merciful to the boy. He stands here. And Satan trying to get him to, to get in this condition to commit suicide. But thou art here to relieve the boy and to make this evil spirit go. And thou hast said that these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Then upon the authority of God's word as a believer, I now ask the spirit that's on the boy of unbelief. He didn't call out suicide. He didn't call out depression. He called out unbelief. The spirit that's on the boy of unbelief to leave him. Go out in the name of Jesus Christ and bother him no more. I set him free and may the enemy be bound and leave this room and torment no one else in Jesus Christ's name. I want you to know this. Once you recognize the power of the name of Jesus Christ, you have recognized that your enemy is defenseless. If you can recognize how much power is in the name of God, the name of Jesus Christ, your enemy cannot whip you. He can try to whip you every which way until he comes to that name. The name of Jesus Christ is the highest name in heaven and in earth. And there's no other name where men should be saved but by the name of Jesus. You watch You've heard me say this. Let me, let me say this real quick. Musicians can come. I'm closing. You watch an eagle. You've heard it before. You may have seen it before. But you watch an eagle that's going up against a fight against a deadly snake. That eagle has got to change the battle. He's got to change the battle. Because on the ground... 
That snake can whip him. That rattlesnake or that viper can whoop him right there because that's where he's strong at. But eagle has to take that snake into another atmosphere. And when he gets him into another atmosphere, when he gets him all the way up there, he'll drop him from the sky. And when he gets to floating through the air, he's defenseless, he can't strike, he can't bite at you. So let me say this, eagles. The enemy that's come in to give you a snake bite is to tell you, this word of the Lord is to tell you to take your enemy into an atmosphere where the enemy is defenseless, he's weakless, he's weak, and he cannot beat you, he cannot destroy you. If you can ever recognize your enemy, who he is, what he is, and how he's trying to rob you from God's inheritance, take him into the atmosphere of praise one time and watch what you do with him. Take him into the atmosphere of prayer one time and watch how he loses his power. Take him into the atmosphere of worship one time and watch how he can't bite at you. Take him into the atmosphere of the word, young people, and you'll watch. Satan can't handle you there. And he loses his power to strike at you. Would you stand with me this evening? Oh, don't you love the Lord? I've accepted the word of the Lord. Oh, the revealed oh, word, oh, that was spoken by the prophet of the Oh. 
Jesus, I, I surrender.